welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log Day 98 Crucify the Flesh One of the threads that we continually return to on the Field Log Podcast we talk about all the time, is the power of asceticism, right? The idea of purposefully depriving yourself from things that are not inherently bad because you know that the act of deprivation is going to make you a better man, right? That's really the way you should think about asceticism. And better man can mean anything, right? We can talk about this in terms of spirituality, right? A holier man, a more devout man, can also mean financially, can mean physically, can mean in your craft, your mind, your relationships, anything. If you say that eating meat is not bad, in fact, it's very good for you, right? It's the healthiest thing you can eat if it's high-quality meat, right? Grass-fed, grass-finished beef is probably just about the highest-quality meat you can eat. Organ meats, right? Beef tallow, free-range eggs, grass-fed butter, those kinds of things. But if you decide that I'm going to forego these things, right, put myself into a situation that's, strictly speaking, not physiologically advantageous for me, in order to build mental toughness and to deny myself physical pleasures because of who it turns me into, that is one of the most useful tools in the toolkit of the man, which is why the union of the Orthodox faith with practical skills is what makes the warrior king. Now, today's field log is entitled Crucify the Flesh, which is not a, a novel idea, right? I didn't come up with this. It comes from a Bible verse, right? It's one of those episodes. It is a Bible verse episode, which means I have to give my usual disclaimer. I am not a priest. I am not a theologian. I am not a deacon. I'm not a bishop. Anything and everything I say today could potentially be wrong. Please check this with your spiritual father. There is also a disclaimer in the show notes. Go ahead and read that. That being said, I want to reflect on this idea a little bit and how it ties into what it is that we do on a daily basis. Right? So the verse is Galatians, the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians, verse 5, or sorry, chapter 5, verse 24. And I have it pulled up here. Now the verse goes, it's very short, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Right? Those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And in the back, the interpretation reads, by the flesh, Paul doesn't mean the body. The flesh here is a general term for evil actions. Right? This is why footnotes are so important. It's because I promise you, I'm just going to interject quickly, I promise you, there is some Protestant out there who reads the scriptures, who believes that the Bible is all he needs to learn the faith, and he reads Crucify the Flesh, and then he now believes that the physical body is evil. But without the wisdom of the church to help us interpret what is metaphorical and what is literal, the scriptures are useless without that tradition. The flesh is a general term for evil actions, the depraved will, the earthly mind, the slothful and careless soul. 
Harsh words. Things that are under one's control, not part of human nature. The flesh is crucified with Christ. It is not human nature that is mortified, but it's evil deeds. This is so important, right? Because we have Greek philosophers, like I think Plato was one of them, who believed that sort of the earthly things were of the lowest goodness, right, capital G, and then as you ascended up the spiritual ladder and you got to the very tippy top, the spiritual things are good, right? Earthly things are bad, the earthly existence is evil, the earth is evil, humans are evil, and spiritual things are good. Now, as Orthodox Christians, we know that that's not the case, right? Humans are not evil, the earth is not evil, it has fallen, right? It has a propensity towards sin. So it's not the flesh itself that's bad, right? We don't have this sort of, how would you say, this sort of natural bias against, for example, sex, right? This is something that we don't talk about a lot. You know, I try to stay relatively, let's say, uh, I don't want to scandalize anybody, so I don't talk about this too much. It comes up every once in a while. But this idea of sex, right? If you take sort of your traditional view of, of maybe a Catholic or a Protestant, right? There are even, I read an article once about a Protestant couple who, after they got married, they're not having sex, right? And you can Google this, you can find it. It's almost a meme. Where they said, we know that it was holy before we got married to abstain. So we imagine it's holy after too, which of course is absurd, absolutely absurd to believe that. Sex in the right context and the context in which God imagined it is something the church blesses, right? Physical pleasure is not something evil. That's why we fast and feast. So the idea is to crucify the flesh, meaning its passions and desires, meaning evil deeds. What does that mean for us? Well, firstly, it means behave yourself, right? Follow the commandments. Seek out virtue. Denounce sin. Confess your sins. And of course, we all sin all day, every day. Right, No matter how hard you try, you probably will not become perfected in this lifetime. Now, it's possible. You might be. But as far as I understand, the only pure and only blameless one who has ever walked this earth is the Theotokos, the Virgin Mary, right, the mother of our Lord. So, so far, there has not been a repeat performance. And of course, we should strive towards that. We're told to be perfect. But when we fall, we pick up and we try again. But that's our goal, is to crucify these evil deeds Right, these passions and desires, things that drive us towards sin, that things that separate us from God. And that, of course, is the way in which this verse is intended. But in my usual, let's say, modus operandi, I want to take this idea and say, hey, but doesn't this idea also work really well in the more mundane things we do, right? Of course, our salvation and the attainment of the kingdom is the most important thing. But this is actually really good advice for everything else that we do, right? The idea of crucifying the flesh with its passions and desires, right? If you, rather than talk about evil deeds, you talk about, I mean, one of the things in the footnotes was sloth. So talk about laziness, right? We are told to crucify sloth, right? Laziness. You think about yesterday's episode, for example, talking about starting tomorrow. That's something you have to crucify, Right? You have to nail to the cross. It has to die so that that can be resurrected, if I may make that metaphor, resurrected 
anew, and it, it won't be sloth, it will be hard work and discipline. So even though many of the episodes we've had up to this point, many field logs we've had up to this point, have talked about asceticism and usually specific ascetical disciplines, right? We have the church disciplines of fasting, praying, giving alms. We've talked about prostrations. We've also talked about sort of more generic asceticism, things like taking cold showers and sleeping on the floor and those sorts of things. Today's field log is the overarching 20-something minutes of thinking about asceticism. Right, this very idea that, like I said in the very beginning of this field log, that when you deny yourself certain things, passions, desires, but specifically, of course, as the footnotes say, evil things, that this is something that makes you a better man, right? Because as we know from that quote from St. Paisios, manliness is giving yourself completely to God. So this is, of course, all self-referential, right? All of these things are tying back into all of these other things. You want to take the, and I'm going to uh, pull up the, the footnotes again. You want to crucify things like evil actions, obviously, the depraved will, right? Which I usually call perversion, right? I like that word because one, it actually perfectly describes what that means. Perversion, right? The bending of a straight line, the distracting of something from its purpose, but also because it's a very powerful and evocative word because we usually consider a perversion to be something sexual, but it doesn't have to, right? The footnotes here say the depraved will, and that's really what I mean when I say perversion, is sort of to want things and to do things that are not in line, that are not as they ought to be. The earthly mind. This is fascinating because this is a danger that we all, let's say, struggle with, right? Is that as men living the warrior king life, and uh, Dahlia has now decided to hop on my lap, and so if she squeaks or snorts or something, please forgive me. Oh, yeah, there she goes. Um, the earthly mind, the earthly mind is something that we're all in danger of at all times because we work on things that are earthly. Now, we've talked about this plenty of times, why that's not inherently bad. But of course, the Lord does warn us. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter heaven, right? Or to enter the kingdom of God. So there is a greater danger when you concern yourself with earthly things. So when you work on earthly things, you have to be careful not to, I suppose, to use these words, to develop the earthly mind, which is probably worth talking to your priest about what exactly the earthly mind is. But if I had to think back to a scripture verse that applies, there's that one from St. Paul that I love to quote, where he says, the wisdom of the world is foolishness to us. So I imagine that's what an earthly mind is, but worth checking with your priest. The slothful and careless soul. The slothful and careless soul, right? Of course, this is probably referring to spiritual sloth, but I don't think it ends there. I think this means literal sloth too, right? This morning, my alarm went off at eight and I just laid in bed and I was relaxing and thinking about my day. It's Saturday as I'm recording this, realizing that I have a good bit of time today and I took my time getting into gear this morning. And now I'm realizing that because of that, I'm going to be working until 9.40 today. So I was, I was slothful. I was careless. I knew that I'd set my alarm for 8 a.m. for a reason. And when I woke up at 8 a.m., I felt relatively alert. It's not like I needed more sleep. I went to bed 
on time last night. But still, I decided to lay there and not have a sense of urgency. I was careless. I was slothful. These are the things that we have to guard against. These are the things that we have to crucify. Right? The understanding of the world that a warrior king has, the understanding of why we do things, what we do, how we do them, is fundamentally different than the average person on the street. We have a sense of duty. We have a sense of purpose. We have a sense of what needs to be done that day, right? What is the very last line, the very last thing I say at the end of every single field log, right? If you listen to the outro, it's pre-recorded. It's dynamic content that gets added to every episode. But I say, as always, conquer the day, right? That's a sense of urgency. That's not carelessness. It's you make a deliberate choice that day to conquer the day, right? To submit your careless and slothful soul to the will of God through you. Yeah, I know. Dahlia agrees. (laughs) You submit your careless and slothful soul to the will of God. That's what it means to crucify the flesh, as it appears to me. And of course, like I said, please talk to your spiritual father about this. He's going to be able to say things that are a lot more useful than what I can say. But I want to sort of get that thought process started for you and for myself. This flesh, right, these things that we just talked about, the depraved will, the earthly mind, the slothful and careless soul, this stuff, this flesh is crucified with Christ, right? I remember when I was taking AP Lang in... I think it was 11th grade in high school, so it's been a minute. But we learned about this literary device, and I forget the name of it. One of you guys might remember. You can look it up too if you want. Where you refer to something by something that's associated with it or something that's part of it, right? If you want to talk about the royal family or the king, you say the crown. right? Something like that. And that's the example they gave us in class. So when we're saying the flesh... We mean like the things that come from listening to the passions and desires of your earthly flesh, like sloth, right? It was a desire of my flesh to just lay there and relax this morning. Or let's say that, you know, God God forbid, but let's say you have something like sexual sin in your life. You know, maybe you're fornicating or you're you're watching pornography or one of those things, which of course, again, talk to your priest about that. It's very serious. But you're, you're listening to the passions and desires of your flesh. Which, of course, the fact that men desire sex isn't, like I said, evil. But to act on it with someone who is not your wife is evil, right? This is the traditional teaching of the Orthodox Church. Don't shoot the messenger. These are the things that we crucify. And it applies at every level. Right? It applies at the spiritual level. It applies at the practical level. Right? Things like sloth apply in all levels. Things like wrath, things like hate, things like gluttony. Right? We're talking about fasting. Right? Spiritually, gluttony is bad because you're just trying to feed the carnal desires of your stomach. But also from a performance perspective, eating whatever garbage it is that you want to put into your body is going to prevent you from being the man you're supposed to be. Not only because it's going to prevent you from building the physique and strength that you should have as a man living this lifestyle. But also because it's going to sap your energy. It's going to put you in a bad mood. You would be amazed 
If you haven't tried cleaning up your diet already, if you haven't gone keto for a minute, if you haven't removed inflammatory foods, you are going to be amazed at how different you feel. There's a friend of mine who once asked me to help him lose some weight. I recommended keto to him. He actually took the plunge, went keto for a good minute there and lost some weight until unfortunately eventually he slipped back and, and since has regained it. But he now knows how it works because I remember him sending me a text on like day three saying, man, I feel awful. But I have like flu-like symptoms. I have a headache. I feel foggy. I'm achy. I said, yeah, you're experiencing what's called the keto flu. Over the last 30 years, your body has become so accustomed to carbohydrates that it's basically forgotten how to burn fat. But once he pushed through for about two or three weeks, and when his symptoms had gone away, he texted me again and he said, I feel incredible. I feel clear-headed. My sleep is amazing. I'm in a really good mood. So not listening to the base carnal desires of his flesh, the passions of his stomach, he was able to feel really good, right? And this is one of the ways that we understand how the modern world is poisoning us, right? Is the way it tells us to eat. Even the FDA, right, with its food pyramid, and I don't know what iteration they're on at this point, but at one point they were telling people to eat 8 to 12 servings of whole grains a day, 8 to 12 servings. I eat one bagel. My heart rate goes up to 95. Right? My body's so sensitive to this stuff now because I've been eating clean for so long that if I put grains like that into my body, I put gluten into my body, my body says, what are you feeding me? It tastes great. Of course it tastes great. But my heart rate shoots through the roof because it's, you know, it's inflammatory. My body doesn't like it. So it applies at every level. It's not human nature that's mortified. But it's human nature's evil deeds. Right? Humans, I say this all the time, people at their core are intrinsically good. But because of Adam and Eve's original sin, we have a tendency towards sin. Right? We are born with the strong pull towards sin. You still have free will. You don't have to sin if you don't want to. But unlike in Catholic theology, babies are born perfect in Orthodox theology. You haven't sinned yet. right? You don't inherit that that sin itself, you rather inherit the tendency towards sin. So it's not human nature that's the problem, it's human nature's evil deeds. That's what we crucify. Like I said, you can expand the scope of the word evil to also mean whatever it is that prevents you from accomplishing your purpose. Because if you think about the idea of your God-given purpose, God gives you a purpose, something that you're supposed to do, and if you don't do it, you're you are failing God, right? God puts you on this earth. Let's say he gives you certain skills, certain interests, a certain nature. Let's say you have the nature to lead, right? If you're listening to this, I imagine that you are drawn to the idea of leadership. The scope can be anything, right? Maybe you just want to lead a wife and children, right? A small family. Or maybe you want to lead a multinational conglomerate. Right, as do I, right? Maybe you have a deep desire to lead many people because that's just what God put in your heart. Assuming it's not motivated by pride, of course. But if you have that desire and you're not doing that, couldn't the argument be made that that's evil? That not living up to what it is that God is calling you to is in some ways evil. And I think the argument can be made because we have 
I feel like about this. As I'm talking about this, I remember the story of the talents, right? The parable of the talents is that if God gives you a talent, if God gives you a gift and you don't act on the gift, you are a, what is it? What was the, uh, the phrase? Is you unfaithful and wicked servant. So if God has called you to be a leader, to be an asset to your family, to your church community, to your wife, to your kids, to your brothers, someone who helps them, right? I got a call from a friend yesterday, actually a text, and he said, can I call you in a minute? It's been a long day. I said, absolutely. I'm here for you. He calls me, he tells me about the work troubles he went through that day. I helped him think through it. I told him, well, you know, this is an opportunity for growth, right? This was actually really good. This is something you've been praying for. Is, is you, you want this quality and God sent you the opportunity to practice that quality. And the end of the call, he said, you know, thank you for helping me reframe that. I feel a lot better about it. He said, absolutely, you know, let me know if you need anything else. If God is giving you that skill, and, you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but I know that I have an ability to, to reframe negative events, is to see them as growth opportunities, right? The obstacle to the way becomes the way. We talk about this a lot. So if I told him, eh, I'm, I'm busy, I don't really want to talk to you right now, or if I told him, you know, he, he starts complaining and I say, yeah, man, that was so messed up what they did and you should be mad. And I just stoked that hatred and anger in him. I would be a lazy or is it a, a unfaithful and wicked servant and lazy too. So think about that today. And as you're getting ready in the morning, right? This is Monday morning because I'm recording it ahead of time, recording on Saturday. You're going to be hearing these words Monday morning as you're getting ready for the week. You're drinking your coffee or your tea. You're sitting on your porch. You're sitting at your desk. You're driving to work. You're taking your morning walk. I don't know what you're doing right now. You're doing stretches. Maybe you're in the gym. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about how St. Paul calls you to crucify not human nature, but its evil deeds. And how evil deeds means not living up to your purpose too. We know that. So this week when you're tempted to not do what you're supposed to, when you're tempted to do things you're not supposed to, it goes both ways. I want you to remember this and I want you to stop yourself. I want you to pray. I want you to ask your brothers to pray for you. Right? If you've been struggling with something recently, right? maybe you're getting up out of bed too late like I did this morning, or maybe you're struggling with alcohol, maybe you're struggling with cigarettes or whatever it is, and you're tempted to just buy a pack of cigarettes, just one, right? I just want one. Or you're struggling and you're tempted to have a drink, one, just one. Ask for prayers. Pray yourself. Do everything in your power to resist. Whatever evil deed you're being called to, if you're tempted to get angry at somebody or to judge your brother when your own sins are countless as are mine, crucify the flesh. Today or the rest of the week, and when you inevitably fail, go to confession, talk to your brothers, get up and try again. That's all any of us can do in our attempt to crucify the flesh. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. 
You can find me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.